You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Dana Scully in the Multiverse of Molders by Anonymous Fiji Mermaid Chapter 2 Rating Explicit Mulder paces back and forth in the room. I can't believe that you actually want to have sex with 1069 Fox Mulder. Look, if our plan to save all the multiverses is going to work, then we need to take drastic measures, Scully responds calmly, rationally. But why this drastic measure? Well, in my experience, males often gain a certain amount of unearned confidence when they sleep with a woman that is, quote-unquote, out of their league. Mulder's eyes go wide and his cheeks flare with scarlet hues. Are you saying that the confidence I've earned from having sex with a bunch of smoking hot ladies is unearned? Because I am, like, super sexy and great in bed, and I have a very big wiener, and that is how I earned my confidence. Stop getting so defensive, Mulder, Scully says. You're defensive, Mulder retorts. Scully slips off her shoes and removes her jacket, trying to get more comfortable on the stale motel room bed. Look, Scully says, laying it out for him. If we expect this universe's Fox Mulder to win over this universe's Dana Scully, he's going to need a lot of practice to get over his nerves. Since I look like 1069 Dana Scully, I'm the best person to help him practice. Okay, Fox says calmly. I can also teach him certain maneuvers that 1069 Scully might enjoy. You mean the way I turn my hips while simultaneously putting my tongue on your... Mulder says. Yes, that move, Scully says, cutting him off. There's a silence as they stare at each other. But what about us? Mulder asks, pouting. What do you mean? Scully asks, genuinely not sure. Come on, Scully. We've been sleeping together for a few months now. So what are we? Are we like boyfriend-girlfriend? Mulder asks. We're having that conversation now? It's as good a time as any. She stares at her partner's hangdong expression, and it hits her. Mulder, are you jealous? No, Mulder says, like he's very jealous. Mulder, even if we were boyfriend-girlfriend, this particular excursion wouldn't constitute as cheating. Why not? Because I would be having sex with you, she says, matter-of-factly. Yeah, but like, the biggest loser version of me, who just so happens to have a mutant cock. He's still you, deep down, even with his abnormally giant cock. Do you really want to do this? Fox asks genuinely. Scully thinks about it. It's just, he's so sad, so needy and pathetic and lonely and desperate for attention. I find myself strangely attracted to him. You've got to be kidding me, Mulder says. I see the potential in him. He can be great, just like you, she thinks. Mulder genuinely listens to this, then smiles. Are you saying you like him because he reminds you of me? Scully raises an eyebrow. If I say that, can we end this argument? Mulder shrugs, then says in a sing-songy voice, You've got a crush on the worst version of me. Come on, let's go to bed, she says, stifling her giggles. 
The next afternoon, Scully enters 1069 Fox Mulder's place of business and finds him behind the counter, engrossed in a comic book involving a character named Spawn. Hi, she says. He looks up, and his face suddenly changes once he locks eyes with her. Huh, he moans out, his tongue suddenly giant in his mouth. I'm sorry about yesterday. I really should have knocked. I didn't mean to embarrass you like that, she says. It's okay, Fox says, wiggling as he talks. I wasn't doing anything bad. I was just reading. Naked. I'd really like to make it up to you, she says. Can I take you out? Fox looks around the store. Out where? For dinner, on a date, Scully says. His cheeks turn the same scarlet hue as her molder, making this molder's acne stand out even more. Like a romantic date? That's the general idea, Scully says. Fox appears to be hyperventilating, but he manages to say, Yes, uh, a date. I'd like a date. Great, Scully says. I'm new in town. Is there any local restaurant you can suggest? Fox thinks about it, then responds. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut? Scully asks. They have a great lunch buffet with unlimited soft drinks, Mulder says with a goofy smile. And sometimes they sell toys with the kids' meal. I'm familiar with Pizza Hut. We have those too, she says. But maybe somewhere a little nicer. Somewhere with vegetables? Okay, yeah, Fox says, his upper lip curling to reveal his prominent upper teeth. My sister likes a place that has lots of vegetables. We can go there. Pick me up tonight, she says with a smile. I can't drive, Fox frowns. But my roommate can. Maybe he can be chaperone. Scully pictures her and Fox trying to make it in the backseat of a car, with Langley watching in the rearview mirror, and a shiver travels up and down her gorgeous spine over and over again. You know what? Let's skip the formalities, Scully says. How about I come over to your apartment when you're done with work? A girl in my apartment? That hasn't happened ever, Mulder says. That's not something you should be admitting to the first girl coming to your apartment, she says. I'm just, like, super duper excited, Fox says with a laugh and snort, just like Urkel. As she heads towards the exit, she turns back to him and gives him one last smile. See you later, Foxy. Okay, Bambi, he says. Scully turns back. Who? You. You told me your name was Bambi, he says. Scully remembers back to the alias she gave him, purses her lips, and tries to smile. Indeed I did. Knock, knock, knock. Fox opens the door to the apartment he shares with Langley to find Dana Scully standing in the doorway, just as she said she would be. Hi, Bambi. You came, he says with a smile. I got you vegetables. She looks to the kitchen to see one of those vegetable platters you'd find at a supermarket with raw broccoli, carrots, and celery circling some sort of dip. As far as gestures go, this one is adorably pure. Just so you know, I've got the living room tonight, Langley says, playing Sega Genesis loudly from the comfort of his dirt brown couch. So your little date will have to be somewhere else. That's fine, Scully says. We're going to be in the bedroom all night. Try to cover your ears. Fox walks Scully into his bedroom and her eyes take stock of the entire situation. 
His unmade twin bed is covered with Battlestar Galactica sheets. His dirty laundry is on the floor. His desk is covered in papers. But in the corner, she sees a small shelf that is pristine. It's full of books and hand-painted models of all sorts of creatures. Did you paint those yourself? She asks. Yeah, he responds sheepishly. She sits on the edge of his bed and invites him to join her. Look, Fox, you're a good-looking guy, she tells him. I am? he asks. She really looks at him now and sees some of the same distinct features that initially attracted her to her partner. It's there, waiting to be discovered. Anyone would be lucky to have you, she says, but you need a confidence boost. Scully takes off her shirt, revealing her black lace bra. Fox looks down, and suddenly all of the moisture in his mouth disappears. Are your boobies under that? Do you want to see them? Scully smiles as she unclasps her bra, revealing to him her creamy breasts and bubblegum nipples. Oh, those are awesome, Fox says, literal drool forming in the corner of his mouth. They look just like they do on Cinemax. You can touch them if you want, Scully says. Before this very moment, Fox's hands had mostly been used to hold things like Cheetos and G.I. Joes, as well as his own long, girthy member several times a day, an event which the FBI agent on his bed happened to walk in on. Now, these hands are reaching out to touch Dana Scully's gorgeous bosoms. Ever so slowly, scared she'll tell him to stop at any point and amazed that she doesn't. Oh, wow, they feel so pretty, he gulps out, circling them around in his soft palms. You're doing great, Fox, she says with a smile. Can I do something for you now? Something that will make you feel really good? He nods, still transfixed by everything about her. Scully moves off the bed, kneels down on the carpet, and situates herself between Fox's legs. She gently tugs at the waistband of his sweatpants, revealing the behemoth of a cock she's been thinking about all day. It's already fully erect, and though in this state it's roughly the size of her entire head, she's confident she can take the entire thing down. It's so big, she says without thinking. I know, I'm a freak, a mutant, he says. At least that's what the guys in high school used to tell me. The guys in high school were just jealous, Scully says. She clasps it with her first three fingers on her right hand, then looks at the right side, then the left side, then the back of it, as though she was back in med school studying an abnormal specimen. This thing is fantastically one of a kind. She grips his shaft in her hand and gently jerks him. Do you like it? She says, enjoying the power she now has over him. Ugh, he groans. Good, she says. She runs her inviting tongue from his base, up his shaft, all the way up to his head, and then dips it into her warm mouth. It fits, so she decides now is the time to challenge herself. Let's see if I can swallow it on my first try. She's a lot of practice with Mulder, her Mulder, who is no slouch in the massive bulge department. What's another few inches? Her lips glide down his length, and it quickly hits the back of her throat, though she still has plenty more to go. That's when she hears him screaming, Oh, God! She takes her mouth off his Johnson and looks up at him. Oh, God, what? And suddenly, without any warning whatsoever, that mutant cock jolts and jerks, causing a creamy volcanic eruption to splash across her entire face. Dude, what the fuck? She says. Sorry, Mulder yells. Then another spurt, 
Gah, Scully yells. Sorry again, Mulder says. Then another rocket, and another rocket, and another rocket. Finally, the beastly behemoth between his legs stops moving. Scully looks up at Fox, her face covered in shock and semen. What the hell was that? It felt so good, Mulder says, sinking down into his bed. Yeah, but you have to warn a woman. I didn't mean to, Bambi. It just went off. Scully reaches her hand up to her red locks and feels his sweaty stickiness. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. What? Fox says. You got it in my hair, Scully yells. Is that bad? He asks innocently. It's very, very bad. Should I get you a bounty? I have to take a shower, she says, yanking some nearby tissues off Fox's nightstand and wiping what she can off her face and chest. Are you going to leave? Fox asks sadly. No, believe it or not, I'll be back for more. In the meantime, pull yourself together for God's sake. Scully, without thinking, walks the length of the hallway completely naked. Luckily, Langley is so engrossed in Earthworm Jim that he doesn't realize he just missed the gorgeous sight. She locks the bathroom door behind her, looks around, and immediately tries to block out what a living travesty this place is. To call it a disgusting mess would be a compliment. It's a museum of mold, a living tribute to trash, a hovel of horrifying horribleness. There's long blonde hair everywhere, Langley's, and a healthy stack of porno mags next to the toilet, Fox's. One title that catches her eye is Petite Redheads. Well, at least he has a type, she says, but then realizes it's next to a magazine titled Giant Boobs and Massive Butts, and she shrugs it off. She turns on the shower, is unimpressed by the water pressure, and gets underneath the scalding hot water, immediately rinsing off the jizzy results of his blowjob interruptus. There are two empty bottles of shampoo and a bar of soap that looks like it would make you dirtier if you tried to clean yourself with it. These fucking pigs, she says under her breath, as she does her best under these excruciating circumstances. Now wrapped in the cleanest dirty towel she could find, Scully goes back into Fox's room to find him sitting in bed, reading a comic book. You know something, Fox? I see a lot of potential in you, she says. You do? he asks. She nods. You're very smart and very thoughtful, and if you apply yourself, you can do great things. I have this dream, he says, scratching the back of his head, but it's stupid. Tell me, she says warmly. I write stories, like horror stories, science fiction stories, about aliens and monsters and the Bermuda Triangle. I'd love to get them published, he says. Oh, so in this world, your X-Files is fiction, she says, understanding. How do you know I call my stories X-Files, he asks in wonder. I really like you, Fox, she says. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be in town for much longer. But I guarantee you there are other women out there, for you, other petite redheads who work for the FBI. You work for the FBI, he says, shocked. My point is, we have some work to do. There are a few self-improvements you can make. But for now, there are a few moves I can show you. She peels off her towel, revealing her completely nude body to him. He looks down at the orange tuft above her lips and feels a deep hunger. Scully removes his shirt and kisses him on the chest. He moans with delight. Take off your sweatpants, she says. He drops them to the floor. 
your underwear too, she says. Right. She is happy to see that he is back at full attention and more than ready for round two. She lies flat on her back and pulls him down on top of her. Fuck me, Fox, she says, as she kisses him on the lips, feeling his tongue against hers. He's getting it, she thinks. That was a pretty good kiss. Fox looks down at his own member as he grips it in his hands, hovering above Scully's body. Do you know which hole I'm supposed to put it in, he says, poking his cock around her lower half. Yes, and it's not that one, she yells. She takes charge and guides him inside of her. Oh, fuck, she says aloud. His mutant cock certainly has some benefits, and she's starting to feel the initial waves of pleasure. Fox has seen enough adult videos to know what he has to do. He moves in and out of her, bathing her in warmth and wetness. His vision becomes a field of stars. Oh, no, he blurts out. Oh, no, what, she asks. I think I'm almost done. It's been seven seconds. Should I pull out? He asks through gritted teeth. For God's sakes, yes. As soon as his head exits her soft opening, he explodes, unleashing another water cannon full of his sticky semen across her stomach, breasts, and chin. Scully looks down at the mess and comes to a stunned realization. You've got to be kidding me. You got it in my fucking hair again, Fox. After another shower, a frustrated Scully, once again clad in the bath towel, walks up to Langley. Hey, Garth, she says with a rude sneer. Do you have any condoms? Uh, of course I do. I'm always prepared for every situation. He reaches into a drawer on their coffee table and pulls out a box of Trojans, which he tosses to her. She inspects the box. The box is sealed, she says. It's been a slow 1996, Langley says. And expired, she retorts. Also 1995, Langley says, depressingly. Back in Fox's room, she slides the Trojan on his enormous stiffy. Given his size, it provides little coverage, but she hopes it will dull some of the feeling. It's kind of tight. I think it's cutting off blood flow, he says, poking at it. In this case, that's a good thing, Scully says, as she climbs on top of him, sliding his mutant into her entry point once again. Oh, God, he blurts out 15 seconds later, filling the reservoir at the tip of the rubber. She sighs. They're making progress, sure, but not enough. Back at the hotel room, Mulder is lying in bed, in his undershirt and dress pants, watching baseball. He's amused that in this universe, the Pittsburgh Pirates are actually called the Pittsburgh Pancakes. Scully bursts through the door, a woman on a mission. Scully, you're here. We have a lot to talk about, he says. Mulder, take off your pants, she says. Are you serious? Before she can confirm whether or not she's serious, she's naked in their motel bed and desperately riding his fat cock. It's not as big as 1069 Mulder's, but in this situation, it's exactly what she needs. What got into you, he asks between humps. Could 1069 me not get it up? Oh, he got it up all right, she says, riding him a little faster now. Only, he got it down just as fast. Prematurely? Very, she says. I apologize on his behalf, Fox says. Mulder, through my life, I've had precisely 23 partners. She picks up the pace now, grinding harder against him. And I can say, ugh, she moans with pleasure. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, fuck, she rides the wave of pleasure, that 1069 Mulder is the worst sex I've ever had. Really? Mulder asks. And here's some TMI. 
I once had sex with a guy that pronounced clitoris with a T-H. Clitoris? he asks. Yep. I bet he couldn't find it. Not if you drew him a treasure map. And 1069 Mulder is worse? He's so sweet and thoughtful, Scully says. But in the sack, he's Drek. Right, Mulder says. Well, so something happened today that I wanted to talk to you about. Mulder? she interrupts. Yes, he asks. I'm gonna come, she says. He grips onto her hips and helps her write out her orgasm. She vibrates, her breasts shaking. He reaches up and sucks her right nipple to enhance it. She screams, uses all the swear words she knows, and breathes a sigh of relief. Phew, she says. Fuck, I needed that. I bet you did, he says. Come on, I'll let you fuck me from behind, she says, slapping him on the thigh like a coach trying to motivate a player. Mulder stands, bending Scully over the edge of the bed, and hammers away at her petite body. She moans with delight, occasionally peppering in a, Fuck me, or harder, or keep going. But her mind drifts back to her evening with Fox. And you know what the worst part is? The first time I made him come, okay? I get it. Nervous jitters. Wait, the first time, Mulder says? The second time, okay. It happens to everyone sometimes, Scully says. Hold on, the second time? But the third time, Scully says. How many times did you fuck me, Mulder asks. I mean, biologically, his cock should have had at least a bit of stamina on the third try. Instead, he puts it in me. I start to feel a little something, and bam, another giant blast of party pooper come. But Mulder's focus soon shifts to a feeling rising inside of him. Fuck, Mulder says. I mean, you've teased me three times now, 1069 Fox, Scully says. Holy shit, Mulder says. At least fucking go down on me, 1069 Fox, Scully says. You feel so good, Mulder moans. Or you could finger me, 1069 Fox, she says. Scully, Mulder says breathlessly. What, Scully says. I'm gonna come. See? Thank you, Scully says, vindicated. You give a girl a warning. And with that, Mulder yanks his veiny dick from her wet hole, pulls out, and unloads ropes of cum on her ass and back, purposefully avoiding her hair. Mulder looks down at her. Sorry for the mess, he says. If you offer me a bounty, I'm going to kill you where you stand, she says. A bounty? Like the paper towel? Nice work, babe. I'm going to hit the showers, she says, pushing herself off the bed. As she runs the warm water over her body, she yells out to him. We really have to think outside the box on this one. Because if we don't, the entire multiverse could be in jeopardy. Wait, Scully, you just burst in here and never let me tell you about my day, Fox yells back. What did you do besides watch baseball, she asks as she soaps up her stomach. It just so happens I spent the entire day with you. With me? But I was with Fox, she yells louder now. Well, I was with Dana from the 1069 universe, and you'll never guess what else. Scully turns off the water, grabs a miraculously clean towel, and pushes her head past the curtain to hear what he has to say. What? she asks. We're in love. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you.
Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.